Hello, welcome to episode 78 of Sack King's Therapy. The Pelicans game just ended, and we're going to be talking about it. And with me to talk about it, of course, is always Fong. Hello. Well, that was a interesting game. Uh, the Kings came out pretty flat. Well, not really. They actually came out like pretty strong, and then went through a really bad drought in the fir- like in the middle of the first quarter that lasted basically until the end of the second quarter. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we've made mistakes pretty much throughout the first half, I gotta say. And then you know, we've been we were talking about during the what my God the game that you know, Pelicans started their, making their own mistakes, turning their ball over. Yeah, well, yeah, but in the first half, it was just terrible because, like, it wasn't that the Kings were running bad offense. It was just that they couldn't make shots. There were multiple open shots by Tyrese, multiple open shots by Mo, and then I think I think Barnes had an open three and missed one, and it we just couldn't get anything to go down. I think we got to around I think 16 points, like by the midway point of the first quarter. We end up only scoring three more points to end to end the first quarter. And then it somehow got worse in the second quarter. Like, we had four points in the middle of the second quarter at the 651 mark. Like, that's how bad it was. And Pelicans, they weren't having any trouble scoring because, you know, when the Kings aren't making shots, their defense gets real ugly because, like, the energy isn't there. The communication is somehow worse. And it was bad. Like, yeah, uh, ultimately, we end up only shooting 36% from from the field and one for 13 from three. And that one was a really ridiculous step back three by uh, De'Aaron at the end of the buzzer uh, at the end of the quarter. Yeah. You know, every time the Pelicans roll, it seems like we lose the roll man as often. And this, uh, in this game, it's, it was always uh, Jackson Hayes, which I mean, he was, he was a Kings killer uh, in the previous game. And, Luckily, I think we kept him praying lock for the second half, I gotta say. Now, you'll be going over this more, but I, I don't know how much you played in the second half. But, like, yeah, he was, you know, all he does is that he screens, he rolls, no one's guarding him. This <laughs> is literally what happens. And then we had Hassan play, you know, the three minutes, what felt like, you know, 30 minutes of <laughs> just him. He literally just stands in the middle, and Jackson Hayes just runs to the other side of the paint, and boom, he's open. That was that was just about what he did. <laughs> like that's all he had to do to get open. And yeah, but luckily he didn't do as much damage this game. But he still he, he you felt him out there. Yeah, I mean besides you know us trying to stop Brandon Ingram and Zion, of course, dear God, that man we cannot stop. We gotta stop the yeah like what you said before the easy points and. Yeah, defense it's unfortunately just not the Kings' forte. And when they're on a drought like this, it, it's just, you know, when it pours, it rains. It really, or when it rains, it really pours it's when we're not making shots. And the the frustrating thing about the defense is that particularly nowadays, like, I'm, I'm, I just, my eyes just get gravitate towards De'Aaron's defense. Like, he can be a really good on-ball defender, right, when he locks in. But it's so spotty. It doesn't happen very often. And when he's not like, you know, locked in, he will just let guys get to their spot 
like, you know, Brandon Ingram had multiple moments where he basically just, you know, did his thing, got to his spot and just shot over De'Aaron because there is no resistance all the way up until like just outside the paint. And by the time Brandon Ingram gets to his spot, he's going to make that no matter how well you can test when you're De'Aaron. And that's the kind of thing that frustrates me about the defense. It's soft. Like, people – like, here's the thing. Kings get, really get rattled when guys push them off their spots. Don't you, don't you guys know from just experience, like, if you do that to other teams, you can throw them off too? Like, I don't get why there's not that level of defensive processing. You got to bump guys off their spots. It, sometimes it doesn't even matter if you contest or not. That's what's causing a lot of these issues because a lot of guys look like all-stars and king's killers when you just let them go to their spot. <sighs> yeah, ain't that a fact. Well, what can we do? Not really much in my opinion other than, you know, just attempting to try to stop those kind of players to, from getting their, to their spots. But, you know, when they start getting hot, like uh, what happened uh, in the first half with uh, Zion and Brandon Ingram, it's really hard for us to stop them now because of our lack of defense, of course. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you, you have to, you know, you have to make it difficult for them to, so that they don't even get into a rhythm. Granted, mm-hmm. Zion is a whole nother beast. Like, he's going to get his. And but like Ingram, you can again, you can at least put some level of resistance on him and just not let him essentially bully you and to and to again get to his spot. Like you just you got to be able to like beat him to to that. And yeah, it just wasn't there. And the Kings offense just also just was not there again. Ended up shooting 36 percent overall in the first half. And it was brutal. Yep. Well. Moving on to, you know, the dirt quarter, uh, we got to see some Damian Jones and and Kyle Guy, actually. Or actually, no, Kyle Guy checked in in the second quarter. Sorry. Second quarter, yeah. I totally forgot to mention. He was good, I thought. Yeah, he was good in those spot minutes. Uh, he didn't play much afterwards, I don't think. Uh, but in the dirt quarter, uh, Damian Jones really, I thought, stepped up. He's that, you know, lengthy guy that moves real quickly. I thought his defense was pretty decent, you know, uh, besides that one guy called Hassan Whiteside. Uh, but it's all because, uh, you know, Rashawn had a right hamstring, what was it? Right hamstring uh, sprain or tightness. Sprain. There we go. It was right hamstring tightness. And, you know, I'm, Hopefully it's nothing too major uh, with Rashawn because we did miss him a little bit in this game. But, you know, seeing Damian Jones, I, I'm liking what I see from him. Yeah, he can be the reliable backup. Like, you know, again, he's a guy just with size. You know, he's a legit, I think, 7 feet of 6'11". Mm-hmm. And, like, he can move. Like, he actually managed to stop Brandon Ingram on some possessions just because he's that mobile. Like again, if Metu is Metu is a very small, like five, four, five, like yeah, you, you, it's good to have at least an option to go to Damian Jones when like you just have a big matchup, like say a Brook Lopez for example. Like, he just mm-hmm. can't he can't just shoot over, you know the little the little guys around the Kings. Oh yeah, can't wait to see more of him. Hopefully, yeah. Other than you know Pelicans. Uh getting a lot more turnovers uh, in the third quarter with a 12 by, I believe, the five-minute mark. Uh, We started, you know, 
attacking back, and uh, we actually did cut the lead. Uh, the closest to what I can remember is 11, which is still pretty large lead, but it wasn't like how it was in the first half, of course. Uh, you know, Fox was trying to really uh, carry this team's weight in terms of offense. Uh, he did score almost a career high. Uh, he scored 43 this game. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like, we're, we were trying to attack back in the second half. It's just uh, the fourth quarter kind of fell through, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, um, but I got back by the end of the third quarter, and, you know, the Kings were showing some life there. Like, they were attacking the basket, like drawing fouls. Fox got 15 free throws this game. Like, he was aggressive for, you know, stretches. But, you know, this, um, we'll get to that, but, like, they shot horrible from the free throw line. And, yeah, that that's an, that's an issue that definitely needs addressing in the offseason. It's just, you can't miss this many free throws. Those are gimmies, and... This, this is unacceptable. Like, you know, we, we only lost this game by seven. If you make, like, a few more of those free throws, it's a totally different game. But mm-hmm. that's beside the point. Um, let's, let, let's move to the fourth quarter. They basically continue, like, what they started from the third quarter, like, using that momentum. The, the second unit, led by Tyrese, I think Metsu, uh, Terrence Davis, uh, DeLon Wright, and I think Mo Harkless. This was this is kind of what I want the Kings defense to be more like. You know, very long, very smart players, just like basically essentially a like a forming essentially a pseudo zone, like where they where their arms are so long it's hard to actually get passes around them. And they were making plays, like communicating on a string, helping each other out, and they were able to you know cut the lead to I believe around eight or so. It, it got back to it got to single digits like multiple times before. Like later on, like it, they just kind of ran out of gas, but you no, know, they were making plays out there, and I love seeing that. It was it was the right kind of energy that they played with, and yeah, um, and they were able to move the ball, and like finally, like <laughs> the first time in the game, they were you know moving without the ball, and like they were getting good shots and making a run. Uh, I also want to shout out uh, during this run, Kings off King or not Kings, uh, Pelicans subbed in Isaiah Thomas really do anything but like he he was out there and it was really cool to see him and he actually got a got a, i think a bucket on the kings uh, yes he was one for two uh, yeah that's nice to see that he's still somewhat in the league i mean hopefully he i don't know this way in his career hopefully he finds some sort of spot maybe i don't i don't think so and, uh, and, yeah. and i'm gonna get to a why i don't think he'll ever find a spot anymore yeah um you know the the main thing that stuck out to me with it like he was being guarded by Darrell Wright and you want to you want to count how many times the Kings got him the ball zero yes it was about zero it was either one or zero I think there was only one possession where like Darrell Darrell even caught the ball Delon my bad Delon yeah Delon even caught the ball like you know I I don't want to be mean or anything but like it's out there it's time to eat. <laughs> like you know i don't know why they didn't do that like i think the floor general in this in this case it's got to be you know fox like you got to get that switch on him but uh d- yeah during the during the stretch like e- even with it out there like the kings were getting a lot of offensive rebounds it was good to see the hustle the energy they were making plays and actually drew a lot of fouls uh, on offensive rebounds unfortunately they couldn't make the free throws and that that unfortunately came back to haunt the kings 
uh, as the fourth quarter goes on, you know, Kings are constantly making a run. They're threatening. They're making the Pelicans kind of shake a little bit. But every time, and I this needs addressing, like every time the Kings made a run, De'Aaron would come down one way or another, get just jack a three. And I think on three, at least three separate occasions, there might have been more. Like he just, he would just jack the, the three for no reason and miss them, and boom, it, it's a bucket on the other end each time. And it, and these killed the Kings. Like multiple moments, you can attack and keep the momentum going. You were you were drawing so many fouls this game. Attack the bucket, get to that, get to your spot on on offense. And do that little step back, step back jumper in the mid range because you were nailing that throughout the throughout this run. And he again, at least three separate occasions, just jacks the three with a guy in his face, and it would just lead to an open bucket on the other end. These were killers, and these need addressing. Like Fox is not a good three point shooter. I know he makes these periodically, but this game shot five for thirteen. It's like it's like the ghost of Buddy Heel just like infected his body and just made him jack all those threes because Buddy's on before somebody got to launch those threes. It's not him. You can't be the one to jack that many threes and you're the leader. You need to lead this team. You need to be the you know the primary decision maker. The the best decision is to attack the basket and try and make something happen as opposed to just bailing a defense out, you know, four plus, you know, at three plus times and basically losing the game for the Kings. And I'm, I'm not discounting the fact that the Kings wouldn't be in the game if it wasn't for him. But you got to be you got to finish the right way. This is some Russell Westbrook type shit. That he pulled off this game. Yeah, like those three or more uh, threes that he uh, attempted. Yeah, it really killed us. I got to say the last three attempt that he made was after Harrison Barnes gets a three-point foul. And we he also got the uh, flagrant from, uh, what's his name? Marshall uh, Harris. Yeah. So we got the flagrant. So we got the ball possession. Harrison Barnes get, made free throws. We were only down by four. Now, what we do with that ball possession? De'Aaron Fox shoots a three. <laughs> Uh, yes, and, and you know the right the right decision. You got some. You got to get this to, to Fox. Let Fox know. Attack the basket. Get a quick two. You have a timeout. So foul. Hope they miss a free throw and then go for the three. Why jack the three? Again, he's not a good shooter, and this is not his shot yet. And it's again, it's it's horrific decision making, and it just seems like a guy who just. Like just wanted to go for the big home run, you know, a lot, a lot like Buddy Hield in a way. And but this is, but this is, I think, beyond Buddy Hield. This is Russell Westbrook level, like really bad Russell Westbrook decision making. And you can't have that from your leader. Yeah, hopefully someone talks to him about it. But as of right now, I don't know. Like someone really does have to say something because that five for thirteen isn't his game. I'm sure he knows. I'm sure someone will talk to him. And like I'm, I'm not saying don't shoot threes, but the the most annoying threes he takes, and he made some, which almost makes it more infuriating. The the catch, pause, dribble, wait for the guy to get in your face, and then shoot it. Like he had multiple shots like that, and he managed to make one. 
but uh, you know, like during that late run, but like it's just it's frustrating. Attack the basket. You're so good at it. And like that and he's got to understand that's what opens up everything for him. And yeah, uh, we'll we'll just have to I guess hope that this develops by next year because you know, the the season is getting late, you know, if you still want to make the play in, it's a it's a tall ask. And and like with this level of just decision making and just, you know, an inconsistent effort. Again, uh, as I said last episode, the Kings don't deserve to make the playoffs. <sighs> no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think overall, like, good, you know, again, it's good to see that the Kings show some fight. And, you know, so you're going to go through these rough patches on offense where you're just cold. And, you know, you got you got to work on your defense and particularly Fox. Fox has to set the, has to set the example on that end. Like, because I've noticed that, like, you know, when that bench unit to start the fourth, like, granted, they didn't play well in the beginning of the second, but, like, in the beginning of the fourth, you see how everyone plays for each other. Like, everyone's hustling, everyone's kind of getting their arms in passing lanes, and just, you know, the defensive communication, the defensive synchronization of those players, like, it's almost like, you know, poetry in motion. As soon as Fox checks in, I feel like there's a lot of selfish defensive plays where, you know, he's not really in his stance. He's kind of constantly letting his guy get open. You know, Fox needs to work on his effort on that end. Like, sure, it's cool to score 43 points. You can shave off 10 of those points and just focus those that effort on the, on the defense. You might have, you know, better chances at games than what we do now. Well, we shall see, because as of right now, this is going to keep on happening, as I, as we always say. Yeah, I don't have much hope for the rest of the season. Uh, this is something about next season, but, you know, I mean, like, this season isn't so much lost. The, the King can build something in terms of culture. But, yeah, like, this kind of shit has been going on all year, and I don't see it changing. Nope. Okay, well, on that somber note, uh, I guess some positive news. Kings are going to be getting back into the Golden 1 soon. Or Jesus Christ. Kings fans might be able to be entering the Golden 1 Center soon. On the 20th of this month, uh, Gavin Newsom has has basically allowed indoor gatherings now. So the first game uh, will only be attended by frontline healthcare workers, 1,600 of them uh, to be exact. Wow. Uh, yeah, tickets will not be available for that game, but tickets will be available for the next, I think, three home games uh, for the rest of the month on the 21st. Um, I know there's one on the 21st and 28th. I think 26 is the other one or 24. I don't I don't remember the exact date, but uh, yeah, those games are um, so um, season ticket holders kind of get priority. Uh, they get to be they get to buy tickets on the 14th. And regular fan, regular fans uh, get to buy tickets on the 16th. So that's basically how it's gonna work. And yeah, if you if you're interested in going to see a Kings game, like you know, try. I guess you can try your luck. I highly doubt there will be that many seats open, like once it gets to the 16th. But hey, it doesn't hurt to try. Yeah, I can't wait for those resale values too, because God knows who how much those will cost. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, there there are some guidelines about you know vaccines and stuff. I don't have the full details of that, so yeah, you're gonna have to look online for that. But yeah, um, 
I mean, I don't I don't know how to feel about it because Kings are playing like shit right now. I do you think that do you think the fans are ends up gonna boo end up gonna be booing in the first game? Oh dear God. Well, if it's like the Twitter fans or the Reddit fans, I I would expect less. But you know, we do have those dedicated fans that you know cheer for our Kings no matter what, and we've seen that plenty of times when we go to uh, uh, games. Uh, like how I how we remember the last game we went to is it Portland? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Portland. I'm not sure. I think it was Phoenix. The one I went to with you specifically was, I think, Phoenix. But... I see. But, I mean, overall, I thought the fans uh, were pretty supportive of the Kings at that time. Uh, as of right now, yeah, I, I still think uh, we still have dedicated fans that support. Oh, no, we do. Uh, like, you know, this is a very important lesson in life for everyone. Twitter and Reddit are not real life. Oh, is that just rem- right? Just remember that. Like, they are a very loud minority, and I mean minority. Like, most Kings fans, well, social media in general, like, it's, they're a very small portion of the population. They're just loud. And, yeah, it's, honestly, they're not, they're not anyone to be taken seriously. And weirdly enough, a lot of Kings Twitter, not in Sacramento. One of the really? weirdest things. I've always found that weird. Uh, huh. Oh, yeah, it's not like they're going to actually be there. It's, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, I think there will be a lot of love shown to the Kings no matter what, just because it is the first game back. And, you know, you know, fans are just happy to be in the arena, you know, and there will be a lot of kind of joy and just a little bit of a honeymoon period um, that I think will last until the end of the season. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Uh, do you think we'll be going to a game this season? Which I, I mean, I mean, get tickets like <laughs> like it's tough because yeah, I think the I forgot what the exact capacity is. It's not much. Like mm. I want to say maybe two thousand fans. Maybe that's it. That's probably a lot. That's probably more than what we're gonna allow. So I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah, we'll see when the details come out. Honestly, I wouldn't mind going to one because there's not that many people, and I like it when there's less people because honestly, like you know, being on top of each other in the Golden One Center, not the most fun. Yeah, it's really tight spaces, really. Plus, uh, that uh, what you call it, the top level. My gosh, I still hate the the angle of the seating, or like you know, when you stand up, you look down. It looks like you're literally looking 180 downwards. Yeah, I, I get that feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm going, I'm going to first row seats. I'm on the first row, first floor seats. I don't know. I'm, that's just that's just how I am. I'm, I'll pay for that level of seat. I, I just don't want to be in the nosebleed just because it's so high up. You know, again, you, yeah. you just mentioned like it. I, not that I've like I'm scared of heights, but it is like a bit, um, you know, it's, a it's bit a intimidating. Intimidating, yeah. let's say. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see about those prices. <laughs> yeah, we'll see those prices when they come out. And we'll pro- we might change our mind. We might not. Uh, we'll see. Um, okay, well, that does it for the King section. Uh, something else did happen over the weekend, and I we do want to get, get um, talk about it. WrestleMania 37. They allowed fans back. Seems like a lot of fans, too. <laughs> yeah, no, none of the, were any of them wearing masks? 
were so many that weren't wearing masks. I was like, Jesus Christ, is Florida like that? Do they not not give a shit at all? I mean, it. I I gotta say, this event is probably one of the first bigger events that I've seen during you know the coronavirus pandemic in a long time. Yeah, I yeah, and like I think the only other event that was held at the I think this was Raymond J Stadium, like was the Super Bowl, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, was, like that that was a while ago. So I don't think there's been any other events like that since. And yeah, um, yeah. What would you think of the event? I, overall, I thought it was a decent event. Some good, some bad, some uh, shocking, I guess. I mean, overall, uh, in terms of an actual WrestleMania, I I give it maybe like good six and a half out of ten. Jeez, that's actually pretty low. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, let's just quickly go through some of the notable matches. We won't go through everything, just because not everything was interesting. I'm not going to lie. We'll, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to it. But uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought uh, a pretty good match. Both decent wrestlers. I mean, both good wrestlers. Uh, I mean, what is it? The three straight DDTs and what you would call Lashley just kicks out. So yeah. I did hear that one of those was a I didn't I haven't watched the full match I only caught like the end of it like apparently one of those DDTs was like a botch and in order to cover for it they did another one just to make it look smooth I guess oh really three future shot DDTs and one of them was botched mm. I believe it was the second one so that's why they did the third one uh but, but before we get into this. <laughs> So there was a thir- I believe a forty a thirty or forty minute delay because it was raining and it was raining hard. So and they had to evacuate the fans to like a safe area, and then yeah they basically just had to stall. Um, Samoa Joe and Michael Cole had to stall for like forty minutes on the broadcast, <laughs> and uh, yeah it was it, I mean it just felt like. It was just really bad timing, and uh, luckily everything was sorted out, and they were able to get the show going. Um, and yeah, th- this was the first match, Bobby Lashley versus Drew, and yeah, three future, future Shock DDTs. Anything else you uh, found notable in the match? Uh, not really. I mean, kicking out of three Future Shock DDTs, that's, I, I'd say that's pretty dang hard. Yeah, and... Uh... I mean, they're. I mean, they're both, you know, main eventers. Like it, it's WrestleMania. It's like it's, you know, it's time to kick out of finishers. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Overall, I was just surprised that Bobby won. I'm not against the idea. I just thought it was gonna be Drew. Mm, I mean, he does kind of need a push, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't heard much from him this major in a while. I don't think. Yeah, you should probably. <laughs> oh, okay. No, they no they've been no they've been you know they, he he's been be, he's been pushed for a bit like it's it, this is not new let's just say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I, again, I was just surprised for like kind of I, I just expected Drew to win it back. I don't know why. It's it's just like a feeling like because Drew didn't get his moment last year and he really should have and I thought they were gonna you know like give the give the crowd a big pop. Like something great on their first uh, on their first event back. So, yeah. But Bobby Lashley winning it's great for the storyline because Drew had actually beat him last year, and so now they're one and one. 
and there's a storyline down the line and you know one very one brock lesnar is just kind of hanging out there and we don't know what the plan is for him that's true well before moving on i gotta say it's been a while since i watched WWE, so i i don't know much about what's going on in the world of anything i've watched is whatever podcast we did in the last WWE review we did i'm not gonna lie it is very it is very painful to actually watch the actual like shows i again i follow it by review shows so it's not it's not like i'm really following that closely either but i have a general i have a very general idea of what's going on but mm. yeah again i was just shocked that bobby won um again but it's a great story and they have they you this can kind of branch off into you know different paths again. There is a Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match waiting in the wings, I think, because that was supposed to happen back all the way back when Bobby first first came back, but it just didn't happen. And I think that's gonna be coming probably a SummerSlam. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, next match, I won't talk about this too much. The women's tag team championship match. The only note I have for this match is that I wish uh, Riot Squad won because, like, I thought they had something there, and they were like, I think they were the only real legit tag team. Everyone else was kind of thrown together, like uh, Billy Kay and uh, Carmella, Tamina and Natalia. I'm not even sure if they're a team, to be honest. And uh, Naomi and uh, who she team up with? Lana. Like, they're they're a kind of a thrown together tag team. I just, I, I mean, I like, I like the Riot Squad, and I just wanted them to win. That's my only note on, on this. Uh, you, you have anything you want to add? Mm, not really. Yeah, like I said, not really. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched WWE. Yeah, I just, I'm not into Natalia and Tamina. I, it's like they literally went with the most boring choice, and the, yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. Um, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins uh, was next. That. I really like this match, and, uh, you know, as much as I don't like some of Seth Rollins' antics and, you know, him essentially blaming the fans a lot on social media and kind of going after Will Ospreay on Twitter for no reason, <laughs> like, yeah, you're a bit of an ass. It makes you forget that he's a damn good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, pairing him up with Cesaro, too, It's it was a pretty damn good match, I gotta say, too. Yeah, like, so, no one does, like, transitions like Cesaro. Like, he'll do a move, and then, you, and then like, you know, he'll go for the pin, kick out, immediately into another move. I love that about Cesaro. And the uppercuts are, you know, you know, bar none. Like, there was no match for those uppercuts. And, yeah, um, I just, like, I was, I said in the prediction show um, that I thought Seth Rollins was going to win because I just don't think they were going to push Cesaro. I was wrong. They put they put Cesaro Cesaro over. Yeah, I mean he really spun what uh, Seth Rollins out. I don't even know how many times <laughs> he spun him a lot. And he then, did spin him a lot. I was I'm surprised he's they don't they don't just faint after that. And he doesn't move right after. Like it's crazy. And just finish it off with the neutralizer, and that's it. That's I mean that was a pretty big finish. Yeah, um, uh, and just another thing I want to say about Seth Rollins. Uh, this just came to my mind. Seth Rollins is the Kyrie Irving of the WWE. Oh. So like <laughs> he's so weird off like the like off the court or you know outside the ring that you just forget that they're so good at what they do. 
Like, we, we did this with Kyrie last year. Like, all the weirdness, like, you know, just not wanting to play in the bubble and then kind of all this weird, like, missing games and just, you know, just posting weird social media stuff. And then this year, he comes back. He's, he's you know, he's a wizard on the basketball court. And much like how Seth Rollins is a wizard in the ring. Like, yeah, it's just... Again, I totally just completely forgot Seth Rollins is really good at this wrestling thing. I'm trying to call it. You think it's more of kayfabe or just because of his character he's doing all this? Or I, you know, I think it's a. I want to say it's a little bit of a mix, but it's probably more towards like his real feelings or what he's definitely being told by upper management. I feel like it's there's some like there's some not manipulation, but like Vince and management definitely tell him something. And he has kind of bought into that narrative, I think. But personally, of course, I don't know him personally, so I, I would never know. But that's what I feel from Seth Rollins. I see. Okay. Anyways, that's way too much on Seth Rollins. Uh, next one. New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Um, Omos is big. Yeah. He you is can't big. see me. You can't see me right now. I'm just shrugging right now. He's big. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, he's just a big guy. And yeah, the only the only other thing I have is like, uh, like Kofi Kofi was basically the hottest thing last two years ago at WrestleMania 35, 30, 35, yeah. And to see him just get pinned by Omos, great Kali style like this, it, it's a bit discouraging. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know what's new day or what new day has in store in the future, but yeah, it's kind of they're slowly like getting killed off in my opinion. Yeah, they're slowly burying him, and it just shows you they never believed in him. It was like this one-time thing that they did, and you know they've done it, and they just moved on. It's just it's just unfortunate. Like Kofi, Kofi was so hot, and it's just one of those things that just makes me sad when I think about it. Uh, he had his small moment, but you know WWE just cut it through, and yeah, we'll have to see because I don't know how many more years he'll have left, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. But uh, next one, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Uh, you unfortunately did not see the choo-choo noises, and unfortunately they didn't do it. But like, uh, what do you think of this match? I mean, I, I thought it was just going to be just a one-sided match where Braun just beat Shane, but, you know, Shane really fought back. And, uh, whatchamacallit, that uh, that uh, ripping out the cage to grab Shane back in and throwing him from the top to the ring, that's just, that's, that's, that's my man <laughs> written all over it. Yeah, they always find a way to make Braun Strowman spots innovative. And, like, again, I didn't see that coming. Like, him literally ripping the... He's, like, I always just scream, he's just so strong. He can just make things happen. And, yeah, I, I mean, I don't ever enjoy Shane McMahon matches anymore. I just feel like it's... We have to pretend that he's a powerful being, like, on the part of, like, guys like Triple H and, say, Goldberg, for example. And then... Yeah, you know, he's just not fun to watch. He he is good for one spot, and th- that one spot was dangerous as hell. But, like, it's... I, I don't enjoy Shane McMahon matches. And Braun Strowman, you know, not exactly, a, you know, a workhorse, but, like, you know, I just wanted him to beat the shit out of Shane. Like, make it a five-second match. It just does not need to be as long as it was. I think it was a ten-minute match or something, but it felt way longer. Yeah. 
But, you know, at that point, wait, what's the point of the cage then? <laughs> I guess, uh, like, it was supposed to keep uh, Elias and Jackson Riker away, but, like, they attacked Braun before the match, so, like, the point? I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm not into the I'm not into this feud. And uh, yeah, I hope Shane is okay. That was a very nasty bump. He literally basically with no table in the ring or nothing to break Shane's fall, just got thrown into the ring. He kind of landed like I think okay, but like that is dangerous as hell. I mean, he's taken those big bumps before and <sighs> Same with this guy. I don't even know how many more big bumps he could take until he could just call it quits. Like it seems like every year he's gonna take at least one big bump. Yeah, I mean he's he he's a descendant of Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon is a crazy motherfucker. And yeah, that definitely got passed down to Shane McMahon. I think I th- yeah he he'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, Miz and John Morrison versus Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, I keep, I keep on forgetting that Bad Bunny, uh, what you might call it, a rapper, decided to, like, you know, debut in wrestling. I'm so just lost with the music scene. I mean, I barely listen to music as it is anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, so for him to be one of the most popular, like, up-and-coming He's not even up and coming anymore. He is legitimately one of the most popular artists out there. And I had never heard of him before this. I mean, I gotta be honest, I'd never heard about him until now, too. And, you know, he, I mean, it was an interesting match. Like, he actually was the guy in the match for much of it. Like, usually it's the other way around. Like, it's usually like, you know, the actual wrestler being basically kind of worked over and then a hot tag to the celebrity. But this one was kind of the reverse. I'm glad we didn't have, like, too much, you know, like, I don't like celebrity matches because, like, the celebrity is, like, has, you know, super strength or something. Like, they're much more powerful than the actual professional wrestler. I've never been a big fan of that. I'm Mm. glad that this was not one of those cases. Like, Bad Bunny, like, you know, he wasn't, like, super powerful, but, like, you know, he looked, like, on par with, like, Miz and Morrison. I don't know. I like that about him. He's respecting the game, you know? Yeah, maybe in the future he'll become a wrestler because he really sold uh, the moves real well. And, you know, he did a top of ring jump on top of Miz and Morrison. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I heard that he uh, got whiplashed on the, what is it, on the ropes. And he had to sit out while, uh, what's his name, Damian Priest, yeah, had to uh, (laughs) wrestle for a bit until uh, Bad Bunny could get back up. Yeah, he also had a Canadian destroyer, or Panama Sunrise, whichever one you want, on Morrison. Like that actually surprised me. Yeah, he actually he actually did some stuff more than most celebrities in the past. Yeah, and like again, he seems to respect the game, and like he, you know, you can tell he trained for this. And mm-hmm. yeah, glad to see that res- level of respect from you know celebrities, because usually the celebrities, not you know they. You know, they, they use the F word, you know, fake and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but yeah, I don't like those kinds of uh, celebrities. But no, like but Bad Bunny, you know, he is a he is a student of the game. And I like that about him. Oh, yeah. OK, final match of night one. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Um, I liked it. It was really good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, really good match, I got to say, overall. 
Like, uh, the, I guess uh, there were some people bitching on, <laughs> on Twitter. Like, basically, uh, they smiled at each other before this match started. And in storyline, they actually, like, you know, hate each other. They're, they're heated rivals. Do you have a problem with that or no? I mean, do I care? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, some some people were bitching online because like they broke kayfabe. I mean, that smile could be a evil smile. <laughs> so so that's the thing. It was not an evil smile. It was more of like these are the two first African American women to main event of WrestleMania. It is it is a big moment, and like yeah. you know, it, it is big. Like don't get me wrong. And people were basically kind of you know like come like come on guys, where's the kayfabe? Yeah, and I mean, much as like King's Twitter, I'm just gonna ignore that. Yeah, uh, that's kind of that was basically my response. It's like it's a special moment. Just let them have it. Uh, the 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 ending of the match basically came when Bianca whipped the ever loving shit out of out of <laughs> Sasha. That was a snap. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought they put that sound. It was like that shit was loud. And then like after the match, you see a gash on uh, Sasha's side. I'm like. Man, I, I, I mean, I've seen some NXT matches where Bianca uses that whip. I didn't know it was this nasty. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Hera could do that, but <laughs> it, it, it did, and it did some damage. So, kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a weird gimmick, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, and it was, yeah, it was a great ending to a match, and they, they, she hits the KOD to basically end it. Uh, another thing up. <laughs> people were bitching about online uh sasha can be seen smiling again um again. after the match, like <laughs> whilst sitting by the wall that one i had no issue with but yeah again twitter twitter was kind of getting all up in their sh- all up in their pants about this uh, yeah it's whatever <laughs> yeah I, I basically had the same response i was just like yeah let, let, let's just let them have it it's a momentous is a momentous you know task uh like a big moment and uh, in history and just let him have it it's okay kayfabe's been dead for years fuck off seriously yeah <laughs> anyways okay uh moving on to night two this is actually gonna run pretty damn long um yeah t- fiend uh, fiend versus randy orton uh what'd you think i mean like it's it's overall match was going real well fiend was Really fighting back, Randy Orton fighting back, and you know the end was, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what? Yeah, I loved it. I I love the Fiend entrance. I mean, granted, it was a bit goofy with the AR, where like he did, he basically morphed back into his original form. Like, <laughs> but I love the entrance. Just, just like the the build up to it, and like they had a really cool Jack in the Box with it. It was just really weird but like i love i love a good fiend entrance that fiend, that music is so good uh awesome. yeah match itself was a bit of a shit show um just you know it's a it's a typical fiend match uh Alexa Bliss dis- distracts the fiend and just and randy rkos him for the win yeah just <laughs> just one rko just one unexpected rko after alexis bliss did something that has to relate to the story, which I I I have no idea what that has to relate to. I I will I will catch you up on it. There, it's magic. Um, magic. 
I'm just going to assume that Alex Bliss took the Fiend powers away or something. I don't know. Yeah, apparently she's joined up with the Fiend and she has magical powers just like the Fiend. Yeah, just just all of a sudden, no build up. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I, I mean everything else up, up, like up until the ending, I thought was fine. And apparently the report is the the plan was for the Fiend to win, and Vince and Bruce Pritchard, if you know who he is, literally changed it like a day before. Really? Again, wow. I'm just, I'm just kind of, sh- I'm just making the shrug, the shrug emoji right now. Just, I don't know. Sure, if they have something planned, but apparently they don't have anything planned is also in the report. So I, I, don't, I don't know where we're going with this. Yeah, that's that's really too bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let, let's move on. Uh, women's tag team match. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Tami- Natalia and Tamina. I've already said what I felt about Tamina and Natalia. And uh, Nia and Shayna win. I don't have anything to say about this match, I'll be honest. Yeah, I I don't either, to be honest. Yeah, I do, I'm not into I'm not into t- Natalia and Tamina and like Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, they've been very kind of pretty bland, honestly. Like there's, there's they don't they don't have much momentum going behind them and like yeah, I, I mean t- uh, WWE, ha- you know, has this dream of like big person versus big person. So they had Jackson Tamina in this match, and that's supposed to be the big marquee matchup. Again, I'm not into Tamina. I'm sorry, I'm just not into her, and it's just, yeah, I thought it was just boring. Yeah, I mean, I skipped through a bit. It, it seemed like a yeah, subpar match, in my opinion. Anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. Uh, next match: Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Um, this, I mean, this is actually this could be, could have been a blood feud, but the build up to it has been, has been very weird. And uh, I mean, they had a good match. Like they, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they've been wrestling literally for like t- ten plus years. These guys have S level chemistry, so it was always going to be a good match. Was not the biggest fan of Logan Paul getting involved, but. It is what it is. Uh, Kevin Owens stunned him after the match. Woo! Woo! Fans cheer! Yay! Yay! Uh, yeah. I mean, again, if if, was, if Logan Paul wasn't involved, I I would have been perfectly okay with. It. I mean, I'm still okay with this match, but having him involved just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I actually thought, you know, Logan Paul will, would uh, you know, interfere or do something, but you know, he just sat there, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so basically Sami Zayn, the heel, re- tried to recruit him, and basically, you know, he he betrayed him in this match, and um, yeah, it, that that was basically it. Um, again, I'm glad he didn't have more involvement. Like, you know, I didn't want him to turn heel on uh, Kevin Owens. That would have been ugh, fuck. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty really good match. Uh, just don't like the Logan Paul involvement. Yeah, I mean, that's what WWE has in uh, store. So, overall, yeah, good match. Uh, next one, United States Champion Riddle versus Sheamus. By, by the way, they, you don't call we don't call him Matt Riddle anymore. He's oh. just Riddle. Okay. 
I well, don't know why they just do that with some people. It's it's like some OCD with. <laughs> I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Vince, but it's like why? <laughs> Anyways, uh, you you had mentioned something about the AR <laughs> with uh, Riddle. Yeah, like. Uh... When I, I mean, I've seen it before, but what's up with the birds? I mean, this time around, it had a bird with a pirate hat. <laughs> Just... Yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. That that gave me a chuckle. But uh, yeah, that that's a new AR thing that they're doing. It, it's like the same thing with <laughs> Braun Strowman's train noises. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what it is. I, you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool, I guess. Like I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good match. Like these two are really good wrestler wrestlers. Like Sheamus is a very good worker who hits really hard. Matt Riddle is really good, and yeah, it's no surprise they had a good match and Sheamus ended up winning. Yeah, lots of flips, lots of lots of Riddle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't have much notes on this match. I was just, hey. I mean, it, it was a match <laughs> basically. So yeah. It, Okay. Um. Not, okay. Biggie versus Apollo Cruz. Nigerian drum fight. I don't know what the hell a Nigerian drum fight was. Apparently, it was just at no holds barred with drums on the outside. Was that was my reading of the situation? Um. Yeah. Uh, this was a, this was actually a really good, well built uh, feud. They did have this weird ass match on Fastlane where Apollo just randomly got DQ'd. And that that kind of that kind of killed some momentum from Apollo, but like, you know, they they had a good match here, and I think it was Dava Kato. Yeah. Dava, Dava Kato at the end came in and interfered and basically won it for uh for what's his face Apollo Cruz and yeah, but they he beats Big E and hopefully this leads to Big E like main event run maybe maybe. Ooh, interesting. So wait, is Dabakato from like underground? Uh... Oh, you actually watched that part. What was that? So there was a thing called Raw Underground for a while, and that's actually where he's from. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, where is this guy from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hasn't done anything up until like now, so which is kind of weird. I, I I don't know, but you know, they're like. I guess uh, Apollo now has a new faction and finally has a new gimmick, and it's kind of cool. Like, and again, Biggie, like maybe he probably will face uh, Apollo in a rematch at some point uh, at the next pay per view. But I think this is gonna lead, set the seeds for a Biggie main event run, like against Roman. Spoilers. I mean, I I don't mind it. I I think he deserves it. Yeah, they the internet has been calling for a biggie like main event he, slash heel run forever, so maybe we're finally getting it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. As of right now, I still see him as face for some oh, reason. Oh, he'll be face. Uh, like the the idea was that he was gonna turn on the new day forever. Oh. But, like yeah. it's just never happened. So. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Okay, uh, this this match, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw, Raw Women's Championship. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that Asuka lost. Is my re- only real note. I just wish she had a better title reign. Yeah, I mean, overall, this match was, you know, an Asuka and Rhea Ripley match. Uh, the only surprising thing I saw was, you know, the DDT off the mat to the ground. Mm, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I, I do wish Asuka had one. Uh, to be honest, she has won and lost so many times to the point where uh, I don't even know what's the longest reign she even had at one point. Yeah, I, I I think she's almost had the title for a year. I just I but like she hasn't done anything with it, so it's nothing notable. But uh, I mean, this is this is probably leading to Rhea versus Charlotte. And I will just say, if Rhea's gonna go into a feud with Charlotte again, Rhea better win, cause like last year when she lost against Charlotte, it killed a lot of momentum for Rhea. Well, you want Charlotte to win? <laughs> oh, I know. What question is that? It's <laughs> not. No, uh, but I, I think I think she will end up winning because they're trying to do the. You know, she's ba- they're basically trying to make her catch a Ric Flair 16, 16 title record. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I think she's probably going to beat Rhea at some point. I mean, the plan was for her to actually well, long story, but like Lasca was supposed to win the or lose the title at Fastlane. But plans changed, basically. Mm, I see. So, yeah, I think it will ultimately end up in Charlotte, and I'm going to be very sad when that happens. Uh, well, it's for the legacy. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, anyways, final match. Uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Before we get into it, did you ever did you have any issue with it being a triple threat? No. Now I have a philosophy about triple threat matches. I love triple threat matches. Like, triple threat world title matches are almost always good. Uh, the, the ones that come off the top of my head, like uh, Mysterio versus or Angle versus uh, Randy Orton in 22. That was one of my favorite matches for a long time. WrestleMania 30, triple threat. That was amazing. And this triple threat, you know, um, I thought it was amazing. And also, like, the one from WrestleMania 35, Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky. While I get why people didn't like Charlotte being just essentially randomly added, like it made it into a better match, and I thought that was really good. And this is no different, bro. Like it just made the match so much more exciting, to a certain degree, a lot less predictable. And mm-hmm. these guys are all, all really, really good professional wrestlers. Edge had not having wrestled in like two, 10 years still still has it daniel bryan one of the best wrestlers of all time i think he i think he's the best wrestler of this of this generation for sure and roman reigns is amazing so yeah these guys worked a beautiful match so many false finishes they had a double spear spot they had a like a double yes lock spot where roman tapped and then they had like mold and then they had one where i think uh edge did something to roman and no, Edge, I think, speared uh, speared Daniel Bryan, then speared uh, Roman Reigns, and then and then like they, he goes for the count. Daniel Bryan pulls him out, and yeah, just false finishes everywhere. And the ultimate ending was basically uh, Edge hits a concerto on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, by the way, selling like he literally had a seizure. It was really, it was actually kind of scary to be honest, but. <laughs> Like and then Rome and then Roman hitting a concerto on Edge and then pinning them both. Beautiful storytelling, great ending. I I mean I don't know where Reigns goes from here. I I mean I, I imagine it's the Big E like facing Big E at some point or you know 
His his uh his agent, Paul Heyman, also manages Brock. He's oh. waiting something. <laughs> yeah, just waiting for him to come back. I wonder what will Brock say when his agent moved on to Roman. Yeah, it's gonna be some weird kind of X um, implications. It's but uh no, I, I personally I don't really want to see Roman versus Brock. Although it would be interesting with a heel Roman now and maybe face Brock. I, I don't know how that works, but like I guess the dynamic would be interesting. But I, I don't think the fans would like that. So like I, I want Brock to go against uh, go against uh, uh Bobby Lashley and I, again I'm probably Big E and Roman or whoever in Roman maybe like Daniel maybe Daniel no maybe Edge versus Roman like one on one at some point because this was supposed to be a one on one match but you know like Jimmy Uso's coming back maybe there'll be some there but I don't know. Mm. I mean, lots of possibilities. I, I wouldn't mind another Edge and Roman match, to be honest. Yeah, and yeah, there are a lot of possibilities. I think Roman retaining was actually fine, too. Like, he he is a main eventer, and I think it's fine for him to retain it at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought Edge would be the winner. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was not a fan of Edge winning the Royal Rumble. I don't know if I said it on the review. Like I wanted, Daniel, ironically, I wanted Daniel Bryan to win that one, but like, yeah, I was not a big fan just because I don't like old timers coming back and just like winning big matches like that, going for the title. Just not, I'm just not a fan of it. And like, it just, I don't know. I'm fine with him. He was my third choice to win it for sure, but yeah, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of old timers. Yeah, I, I probably still have you know that soft spot for these old wrestlers because you know we've watched them for so long yeah and but you know it i, I mean this is kind of like just remind like i'm not saying it's as bad but like th- this gives me you know goldberg vibes had he wanted uh, honestly was... i'm not gonna lie like that that's what, what i would have felt if it was too similar to like you know an old guy coming back you know t- you know getting the main event spot and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Edge is miles a better wrestler than Goldberg ever is, but ever was. Uh, yeah, that gives me those kinds of vibes. I see. Okay, well, yeah, but this this definitely went on a little bit longer than I expected. But yeah, that was our review of uh, WrestleMania 37. I th- I thought it was an overall really great two night show. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it had its up and downs in my opinion, and I haven't been watching WWE in oh, quite so long. So, yeah, I thought it was just it just t- you know tickles that uh, need for wrestling for me. Yeah. Um. Again, like it, it, I mean, it was a landmark uh, event. First time they had fans back in and. Yeah, like there there were some roadblocks along the way, but overall, great. Sh- I think great show. There are some kind of like, yeah, the fiend, the women's like gauntlet, and uh, you know, Oscar losing. I'm just not a big fan of that. But like, you know, overall, like the two main events were great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you could totally. I like. I think the triple threat was better, but you can totally talk me into the uh, Bianca versus Sasha being better. And. uh yeah, I, I mean, like, it really shows you just how much talent the WWE roster has. Oh, yeah. 
Do uh, you think I'd be watching WWE in the future from here on out? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, the reality is, it's 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 a tough product to watch week to week. Mm-hmm. Like, commentary is fucking terrible. The build to this, the build, by the way, has been awful. <laughs> like the the build to most of these uh most of these feuds have ju- has just been disjointed. Doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a lot of bullshit in between. The actual matches themselves were terrific, but to actually like get to this point was painful. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't blame you for not watching. Again, I don't actually watch the actual product for the most part, unless there's something big that happens. But, like, yeah, it's it, it's a it, wrestling's have been a tough watch lately. But these marquee events, like, I mean, they they just keep you know living up to the tradition of just being you know good and worth my time most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to watch the next uh, pay per view, which. Well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> Don't know what the next pay per view is. I'll look it up afterwards, and I'll let you know when it is. All right. Well, other than that, our next Kings game is Wednesday, April fourteenth at seven p.m. against the Wizards. So oh. yeah. Well, I'll see about that. I mean, did we win against them last time? I don't even. Remember. We did. It was a was one of the ugliest. We call it the ugliest win of the season. Yeah, now that you mention it, I think I do remember. <laughs> so we shall see about that game. Well, for the one person that's still listening to this, thank you for listening uh, through our, uh, you know, our our uh, review of the Pelicans game as well as the entirety of WrestleMania 37. Now, we were not expecting to do the whole thing, but we ended up doing it anyways because why not? But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, and yeah, um, hope we might be doing more WWE shows or like how AEW shows like in the future, like you know. But we shall see. It's a, uh, it's a bit, of, it's a, it's a lot to ask to do both. But you know, in big events like WrestleMania, we got to talk about it. Like it's WrestleMania. Yeah, the biggest show in wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be. We'll be happy to be talking about wrestling at some point again. We don't know when. I think the next, maybe the next big AEW event, or maybe mm-hmm. SummerSlam or some. Royal Rumble is definitely my favorite, like over WrestleMania. But like, you know, this is the biggest event of the, this is the biggest event in WWE through the year, unless they're doing another Saudi Arabia event. Although we will not be reviewing those. But <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean. It, you got you, you you got to talk about wrestling sometimes. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace uh, along with uh the you know the usual king's antics that we've been experiencing nowadays. Yeah, and honestly, I'm in a better mood after <laughs> after this Pelicans game. So, yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing to say that, you know, wrestling is what has made me happier. <laughs> And watching the Kings game is that that's where, I, where we're at at this point, or where I'm at for sure. Maybe we should move on to you know baseball and football. Fuck off! I'm not. I'm not definitely not watching baseball. If you want to talk about the 49ers and who they're going to draft, uh, sure, why not? Yeah. By the way, uh, 49ers Twitter is having a meltdown over what the 49ers are going to do. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to believe that they could play it out. That's coming from a Niners fan. You know, I mean, we we've had our good and bad 
years and, you know, good and bad drafts. But I, I believe our front office could uh, pull through. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Niners Twitter doesn't seem to think so. So, yeah, yeah there there's a lot of really weird ass scenarios that uh because because Warriors Twitter and 49ers Twitter, they're pretty intertwined. I tend to see a lot of that. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me know when the draft uh, happens. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. We definitely ran way too long. It's to, it's time to close on this one. So yeah. again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys back on uh, probably not Wednesday night, but you know definitely later in the week. Yeah, we will see you guys later.